Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football right at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates, stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise now. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA is available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Special edition of State of State in regard to some breaking news that came out this week. Revised news, updated news, uh, Penn State's Big Ten schedule for 2024 through 2028 has been revealed both home and away. Uh, this is coming uh, because we did an episode about this during the summer, Justin, if you remember uh, about the revised 2024, I think in 2025 schedules and some of the new layers that came with it because of conference realignment. And that all got changed once again, now that Oregon and Washington are on their way to the big 10 over the summer uh, we we knew USC and Washington, or USC and uh, UCLA were coming. Excuse me. So now it's just like okay, we got to redraw the map a little bit. So um, <laughs> for those watching, you can see on your screen right now uh, the entirety of Penn State's home and away Big Ten opponents from 2024 to 2028. For those of you listening, we'll kind of walk through these. So in 2024 at home, Penn State will host Illinois, Maryland. Ohio State, UCLA, and Washington on the road in 2024. Penn State visits Minnesota, Purdue, USC, and Wisconsin. 2025, Penn State hosts Indiana, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Oregon. Uh, 2025 on the road against Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers, and UCLA. 2026, Penn State will host Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, USC, Wisconsin. 2026 on the road, Maryland, Michigan, Northwestern, and Washington. 
2027 at home, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, and Washington on the road in 2027, Illinois, Indiana, Oregon, Purdue, and Wisconsin, and rounding things out in 2028, Penn State will host Indiana, Iowa, Ohio State, Oregon, and UCLA, and will be on the road against Michigan State, Nebraska, Rutgers, and USC in 2028. So uh, we will we'll continue to put out the scheduling and you can find it on social media, you know, wherever you Google it. Uh, the immediate reaction, Justin, from a lot of Penn State fans was some disappointment that there's multiple years where Penn State either does not play Ohio State or does not play Michigan. Uh, how do you feel about that? We get to go to Cali, man. We play UCLA, USC, and UW. I, I agree. Think I think that's more exciting to me. I, I I know our infatuation with playing Ohio State and Michigan, but it's a new day and age of college football. So like the cross country rivalry starting, I like I love to see the USC uh, maroon and white and all that stuff with the blue and white. I just from the aesthetic standpoint of seeing the game, UW, UCLA coming to town and happy to Happy Valley, planning a trip to uh, the West Coast to watch a Penn State game those things excite me and it like it ushers in the new age of college sports where we're talking more of a semi-pro model and especially expanding the college football playoffs i mean the new the new uh the new options are limitless and i i, I mean i like the schedule to be completely honest and i'm it's just like i like that it kind of draws the line in the sand of like hey this is college football of tomorrow not of yesterday i love that right out of the gate in 2024 you get to host Ohio State, UCLA, and Washington. Like, those are three serious teams to host. I think there are plenty of people who look at the 2023 home Big Ten schedule, even just home schedule for Penn State this year. And if you're somebody trying to buy tickets and go to a game that you hope is competitive, uh, you're maybe left a little bit wanting this year. And I think Penn State, if they had influence in this, I'm sure they did to a degree, uh, this is a win. Because Illinois, we saw that that, you know, granted Penn State won that game going away, but Brett Bielema and company beat Penn State last time they were in Beaver Stadium. So there's a competitive game. Uh, Penn State's owned the rivalry with Maryland as of late, as much as Maryland wants to call it a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. <laughs> um, Ohio State is obviously up there. UCLA and Washington, I expect to be competitive next season. And then you get to go on the road to USC next season. If you win that game, yes, I imagine Caleb Williams will not be there, but it's still a Lincoln-Riley team. It'll still be a really competitive team. So yep. the value to me overall of, yes, we don't get to play Michigan. So those uh, those feelings as a fan of disliking Michigan and wanting to beat them, I get that. That's tough to replace. But in terms of value on the road against Michigan or on the road against USC, interchangeable in, in my mind, because if you beat either team, it bolsters your resume times 10. It bolsters your resume and just the – the residual effects that it has, like even in an area like California, like the more California high school kids are seeing Penn State or, or, or UW kids are just familiar with Penn State and their hometown like juggernauts are getting beat by a team from the West. I'm like, wait, we're State College? Wait, what's a Nittany Lion? That's how like the brand continues to expand when we just think about like the, the media rights and like just the eyes on the actual school. I think you're absolutely right that this increases the value and has a residual effect on recruiting on the West Coast. I mean, especially when you're just looking for a primetime quarterback. So you have, you know, you get Drew Aller. Like, he is a poster boy for, like, like the recruiting pipeline. They're like, hey, we can produce top-end quarterbacks. I mean, California and all that good stuff has been – had a strong history of it. So, like, that's where my mind goes is, like, the value outside of just 
I, I guess the fan hatred of another team, but like the different mechanisms of the conference realignment that looks and validates the new age of college football. Am I correct that I've seen rumors out there that if Caleb Williams doesn't necessarily like the team that could have the first overall pick here in the 2024 NFL draft, that I think he has another season of eligibility. There's been that rumor that like, Hey, he might just return to school. Am I correct on that? I can't recall. Yeah. I think there's, uh, there, there, there's rumblings. And I think it, it, people have jumped to conclusions based on what his dad said, but I, I'm pretty sure he's saying that if the, first round draft if the first pick is an organization that's in disarray which a lot of times when you think of the staying power in the nfl and metrics for success the stability of an organization is critical from example myself by the time i got onto the field my second year i was on my third head coach right like so the team's getting sold and you're just talking about your workplace so for them to protect their career and to be able to make three to five million bucks at usc set up and set himself up to go there i don't think I don't think NIL money matches or even compares to NFL quarterback money. Of course not. But to be able to stay in the seat of leverage and try to, you know, maneuver your career the best way you can, I think that's admirable. But there's also, you know, like supplemental drafts and different things of that nature where you can go into the NFL with a little bit more leverage. But that's a typical – that's not your typical route. I mean, I remember – uh, Terrell Pryor actually went the supplemental draft when he got when he sat out and he ended up going third round, right? Like someone mm-hmm. basically dressed big. I'm not even sure if they still do that, but um, Eli Manning, Eli Manning did something like that. John Elway, but where guys can, if they have the leverage, like call a, a, shot. Generation, a generational talent like uh, Caleb Williams, they can call their shot. And so I'm always pro athlete when they have a, a, a opportunity to keep their leverage and call their shots. I completely agree with you. I have every expectation Caleb Williams is not a part of USC in 2024, but time will tell. Um, Looking at 2025, the home schedule is a lot lighter. Indiana, Nebraska, Northwestern, uh, unless something drastic happens with Penn State versus those programs where they are now, you expect those to be wins for Penn State, not to project that far ahead, but the competition is what the competition is. And you hope that those programs improve, so the conference improves. You hope to see that night. I do expect to see Matt Rule to make incremental progress in Nebraska. Um, and that being said, you get Oregon at home, which I think is very, very cool. On the road, you're at Kinnick against Iowa. You're at Ohio State and you're at UCLA. Those are three great road games if you can win them to add to your resume. I think that's really cool to get to go to UCLA, uh, play in familiar stomping grounds in the Rose Bowl. That's something that I think college football fans as a whole are melancholy about with um, the slow decline of the Pac-12 and the rise of the Big Ten is that you do lose that tradition of the Big 12 versus the Pac-12 in the Rose Bowl game. I love that, the granddaddy of them all. So to have these little microcosms of that within the schedule, I think is really, really special. And it's not just something that takes place in Pasadena, California. It's you get an example of that Oregon versus Penn State inside Beaver Stadium, 107,000 people like these venues that you never would have thought you'd seen these games are going to get these games. For me, Justin, uh, jumping ahead, you get USC at home in 2026. You're on the road uh, against Michigan and Washington in 2026. Jumping to 2027, you get Michigan at home. So that's back-to-back years where you lose Ohio State on the schedule. But, you know, you got Michigan and USC. That's great. And then you have 2027. You have Michigan at home. 
Uh, you have Oregon on the road. I am really excited to see Penn State at Outson. That's an awesome environment. Like in terms of top five college football environments, Penn State and Oregon right up there. That's going to be cool. I mean, anytime you think about getting out to, to Oregon or UCLA, uh, UW even, right, getting out to Seattle, like those are great locations. And I think when we look at the just structural aspect of college football right now, I think we, we've seen the shift away from the importance of the bowl games in which they stand. And with the expansion of the college football playoffs, I think the diminishing value of the bowls is going to continue to happen. So just a nostalgia of like the East Coast, I mean, the East Coast versus West Coast or the Big Ten versus um, the Pac-12, like old nostalgia, like, like you said, that being baked into the schedule, I think sets us up for the whole nation to be locked in on the playoffs. Like whatever games those actually happen to be are the games that people are going to be trying to buy for a spot to get into and just really shrinking down the focus and attention to those 12 teams that get into the college football playoffs. The 2028 home schedule is challenging. Uh, and granted, this is all based on our perspective from how these teams are right now in 2023 and just attempting to project out and a lot of things can happen. But home against Iowa, Ohio State, Oregon, and UCLA. I love it. Like if you're if you're someone who's buying season tickets, you are absolutely getting your tickets for 2028 because Indiana is the other home game. Nothing against Indiana. Four out of five of those are must see. I would I would agree. I, I, I again, I think that like having like an Oregon and those West Coast teams just coming in, it, it's it, it sets a new standard for college football because like their rosters are built different. We're going to see teams that are coming together and trying to find mismatches on how to play. Like I think the the style of play is going to be a, a little bit different as we go into this new age of the Big Ten and all. I mean, throughout the whole country, to be completely honest. But it's really interesting when I think about the recruiting battles because I mean it's it's, it's going to be exciting have recruits come in and watch Oregon out of Penn State and things like that. It just spices up the competition level and the matchups that we'll see, right? A lot of times we say like, oh, a Big Ten team can't play on the West Coast or West Coast can't play here or even the SEC. And I think we're going to see that happen more often, as um, especially after this, after 2028 and they read through the schedules. I think you'll see even more cross-function across the whole country, right? South, North, West, East, and so forth. Well, the way the Big 12 is changing, the, the way the American is changing, we still don't really know what the fate of currently the Pac-2 is, like what's going to go on with those teams. There's still so many things that can change. Obviously, these things are changing overnight, the way things are going in college football. Uh, for me, looking at this for Penn State, you know, James Franklin and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, made it clear they're not thrilled that Penn State has started on the road, I believe, eight consecutive seasons. So we don't know. Uh, starting on the road in Big Ten play, rather, for eight consecutive seasons. If that's the case or not, we don't know. These are just the, the established home and away teams. There's no dates yet given for these individual games. Uh, but at least for the sake of Penn State, do you think maybe next season is like, pretty please give Penn State a home Big Ten game to kick this thing off? Like, wouldn't that be great? I think, I think you would like it. I mean, for multiple reasons, right? Just for the fan engagement part and recruits from that standpoint and just kicking off your Big Ten schedule at home where you're in some level of comfort. But I will say, man, like getting thrown into the fire has its benefits. Like you see how they teach babies how to swim. It's like, here you go. Like jump in the water and see how it goes. I think that is some of, like the, one of the best 
ways of starting off your football season where you like take the punch in the mouth. I mean, especially when you're not scheduling, I mean, juggernauts outside of the schedule, right? Like when you're having that and the first road game and you get a victory, I think it sets the tone of the season. So I'm not that mad at the away games. Like I said, that doesn't bother you. It it puts like a, uh, like a, like a chip on my shoulder and that you can kind of build the team up. It's like us against the world a little bit, just more brainwashing manipulation internally to get the guys on the same page. But it, I mean, you worked with Franklin, you worked with the staff, like they don't like it. I don't have to. Yeah, that's my point. Like, <laughs> do, they, do they, do they perceive it as a disrespect thing? Uh, possibly or a lack of, or a lack of, I mean, disrespect and a lack Not of respect. Enough respect. That not enough respect, I think. Yeah, you know I mean, or just consideration for what they got going on. But that's valid, though. That's a valid. That's a valid emotion that comes with that. I no, I completely agree with that. Considering the the atmosphere, the products that Penn State offers. Not to put this completely in business terminology, but hey, it's the business of college football now, right? Uh, if you're rolling out this new look conference in 2024 with all these different players and you have some of these matchups that are really salivating, you know, you have a home game, for instance, against UCLA and Washington, new incomers from the PAC 12. And let's say you were to open up 2024 for Penn state in big 10 play at home against either a UCLA or a Washington. Now you set the tone and you establish how different this is going to be. And this is going to feel inherently different new teams and new settings and the fans will be jacked up. Like Penn State fans will be into these new matchups. No, I mean, I think every, I think the whole country is going to be into these new matchups. To be completely honest with you, because the style of play is going to be exciting. I think it's just cool, like the nostalgia that we got from the Rose Bowl or the different bowl games. Now that that's happening within the season, and again, I think it's going to be interesting to see the recruiting battles, right? Because you you grow a hatred in, or not a hatred, but you grow a, a healthy rivalry with these schools like Ohio State or Michigan. And it, a lot of times it's based, and it starts in like the high school grassroots area because you're targeting players like, oh, this, but you want to go to that school. And so now that Oregon and the West Coast gets into that mix of, you know, the Twitter banter and the back and forth amongst those different fan groups, I think it's going to be quite interesting. Because I always, I think back to when Auburn came up to Penn State to play in like that fan group mixing mm-hmm. with Penn State and I was walking around town like man this is this is a scene here and it just was like a completely different scene than like maybe Ohio State or or even Michigan so I, I'm, I'm extremely excited oh and it's fun and then vice versa I got to go to the Penn State Auburn game at Auburn last year okay awesome awesome environment I'd never been to an SEC game before fans were great very welcoming like the whole experience was a positive so it's like yeah that's what you want to breed is having Penn State, first of all, Penn State fans travel, period. That's the fantastic thing. But That's probably to, why they put them on the road. I mean, you're, road, you're trying right? to sell tickets, right? You're trying to sell, hey, if it's going to be weak here in this first season, like we know Penn State's going, every time that they got a home game, they're going to max out what they got going on in the rain. We're going to have 110,000 people there. But where are some area, other areas where we can just get a jump start of, on viewership, a jump start in attendance, and get a, a, some some hoopla in, in a market that typically doesn't get that type of attention. And so who can bring it? Penn State, mm-hmm. that might be the thought process. And that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and the fun thing that everybody that watches and listens to this podcast that they know very much is how much Justin King values his sleep. It's very, <laughs> very important to him. And there's going to be these games that take place on the West Coast. And we've just seen with 
Colorado and USC. That game started at 12 p.m. Eastern. I believe that would be a 10 a.m. Mountain time. So whatever the wake-up call was for those guys was certainly challenging. So, you know, sleepy Justin uh, could be in a really difficult position if he was still playing right now. It'd be, it'd be rough, man. It'd be rough. We have to get out there a week before. I mean, do the, do the online classes. And like, let's get let's get comfortable in uh, Beverly Hills for a week a little bit, man. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Oh, yeah, you'd love that. And then we'd never see you again. You'd be, you'd be lost. <laughs> Transfer portal. Hopefully not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen, uh, we wanted to do this quick uh, episode. I think there's a lot of things that people can feel and think about these games and these schedules. So we want to hear from you. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us, get involved in the comments section. Which of these games do you like? Which of these ones do you hate? I understand, you know, there's the aspect, Justin, we haven't even really touched on, but I want to hit it here to close is Penn State has no protected opponent still. And for those that haven't heard that term, something that came up this past summer is that teams like Michigan have two protected opponents in Ohio State and Michigan State, and it goes on and on based on traditional rivalries. Penn State has none. So the term unrivaled that Penn State likes to use for branding purposes is completely true. And that, you know, we have the land grant trophy, the ugliest trophy in college football with Michigan State, but you know, that's not much of a emotional rivalry. Penn State fans feel very strongly about playing Ohio State, Michigan, even if that rivalry is not necessarily reciprocated. You understand? So this, uh, I think there's parts of this that Penn State fans, is like, we would like a rivalry to sink our teeth into, but still getting some of these games like a UCLA, uh, like a, a USC, more importantly, Washington and Oregon. I think there's going to be some new stuff that pops up and that you're going to have completely different ends of the spectrum of college football represented in these matchups because Penn State is very much this tradition-rich, old-school style of program and community. It's obviously come into the future under James Franklin. Offense is completely different than when we remember it uh, in the Joe Paterno days. No disrespect to that, but things have changed. I, I am very excited to see these things. And if a new rivalry becomes organic out of it, Justin, you played in games where maybe the fans didn't feel it, but you're like, man, I, I hate playing this team. No, that's an absolute fact. I'm thinking when I played, yeah, it was probably, that's when the Ohio State and Michigan stuff, I think, really started to really brew because we started beating them, <laughs> or at least Ohio State for that matter. And then a little bit years later, the Michigan thing got a little cranked up, but it's the juggernauts of the Big Ten. I think that's where it kind of fell into. But I, I love the unrivaled tag. I love the whole branding behind it and the fact that it remains true in real life. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty tight. Stuff to look forward to. Uh, Penn State's Big Ten home and away schedules for 2024 through 2028 are out and available now. Check them out. Again, let us know what you guys think about it in the comments section. And we're all looking forward to Penn State getting back into play uh, this coming week against UMass. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.